Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, welcome to yet another edition of uh, Lynn Cullen Still Alive. And it is, what day is it? It's the 22nd of July, and I think it's Wednesday. You know, there are days when I wake up, I can't be alone in this. There are days when I wake up and I have to lie there for a while thinking, what day is it? I mean, we're literally, there are days when I think it's Sunday and, uh, you know, in fact, it's Friday. I mean, I, it's just like uh, nuts time and uh, the usual markings, markers uh, just seem seem to be gone, along with so much else. Oh, dear. I feel a little bit discombobulated today, and I must be upfront about that. I'm sitting here with a bunch of scraps of paper in front of me. <laughs> I'm not particularly organized, but uh, I'll, do my, I'll do my best. Uh, you know, starting the day, well, I've said this a million times, but starting the day uh, reading newspapers is um, just does not seem like a, a wise move. <laughs> uh, you remember the days when there was like a morning paper and then there was an afternoon paper? Can you imagine an afternoon paper? So I guess there was not this sense of, I have to know what's going on, you know, first thing in the morning. So you would go and live your life that day. You would go to work. And then you would come home and, I guess, see what had happened. There wasn't this sense that you had to, you know, immediately. No, there wasn't this rush to know and uh, unfortunately, that is a thing of the past. Um, I'm, I just want to add that just know things more uh, more quickly than we used to. It doesn't mean that we are processing uh, this information uh, any better. In fact, I would suspect quite the opposite, that we're so sort of inundated with with constant information that we don't really take it in, uh, file it away in proper <laughs> in proper places, put it in some contextual framework. Uh, we don't. We're just sort of, and that's what I feel like as I'm looking at all these scraps of news that I have in front of me. What does it mean? What is the news in and of itself? Well, I don't know. I, You know, I'm sorry, guys. In, in some ways, I'm subject, subjecting you to living in my head, and I wouldn't even do that to me. I mean, I'm, I have an inability not to, but, uh, you know, you don't have to be there. It can be a very mucked up, confused place to be, a dark place to be. 
So I was actually uh, reading a a good book uh, yesterday afternoon, escaping. It was not a. It was um, you know fiction. I was, and my phone rang, and I looked, and then it was uh, Sally, Sally Wigan. And I picked it up and I said, yeah. And she said, are you watching this? <laughs> and I said, what? what? Am I watching what? Oh, my God. And she was watching uh, uh, Trump's uh, coronavirus uh, news conference. And um, I said, should I? And she said, yes turn it on. It's like, blah, blah, blah. So I hung up and I turned it on and I'm, I'm sorry I did. Um, it was not the, you know, the, the normal train wreck that, uh, I was expecting. So I'm a little surprised that she was so, uh, I don't know, suggesting that something incredible was going on because it wasn't. He was, um, reading, in an uninterested tone, some stuff that his staff had written for him to read in an uninterested tone. Somebody suggested he he was reading it like, uh, you know, you see people who are forced to to read something that has been given to them by their um, by the people who have taken them hostage. yeah, there is no affect, just blah, 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 blah. and and if he thinks, I mean, somewhere in the back of his head, he knows that ain't good TV, and that's all that matters to him. He knows that uh, this iteration of the uh, the Trump show is not going to attract a lot of people if that's what he's going to do up there: sit around and read. So I think obviously it is just a matter of time before um, if he continues to do these things, he reverts to uh, type and uh, and they do become the, the lunatic uh, shows that uh, we've been expecting. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm muttering because this computer of mine has just, Totally, I'm going to have to turn it off. I guess. Hang on. I mean, it's just oh, okay. So um, I continued to watch. Why I don't know. Um, it was boring as hell, and uh, not the usual Trumpian fare until he took a few questions. And then things picked up (laughs) because some reporter asked him um, off topic, which I thought would get him aroused, you know, in some way, like uh, he'd get angry. And and that was the other thing. He was absolutely affectless throughout, which led me to think that he'd been drugged. You know, things where he would normally get sort of worked up a little bit or, you know, pull out of this sort of scripted. And even when he wasn't scripted, there was not the – he had a sense that he wasn't quite there. 
so he was asked about um, the incarceration of, and I'll be damned if I know how to pronounce her name, Galene, Galane, Gislin, whatever the hell, Maxwell, uh, the woman who, um, of course, was the procurer of young girls uh, for the sexual predator um, Jeffrey Epstein. And he was asked about her. And, well, I, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. It says here, I shut down my computer because of a problem. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so he then goes on. I was so stunned when he said it. I could, you know, it's one of those things I thought, finally, here's the Trump I know. He finally was back. And I'm, forgive me, I, this goddamn thing is not letting me get in. Guys, if I can't get in, I fucking hate this. Fuck you. I don't want you. I'm sorry. I, I so am not meant to live in this techno world. I'm just not. Um, okay, despite myself, I managed to get in. So what was I saying? So he goes on to say, I couldn't believe it, uh, something to the effect of, oh, yeah, I knew her. She's a one, I mean, he called her like a, anyway, the, he says, oh, I wish her well. And I think he said, again, I wish her well, I'm looking for the quote. I'm in these scraps, and of course, I'm coming up empty. Um, and I'm saying, does this guy know that she is in federal prison because she uh, uh, was pimping? for a, another friend of Trump's. Wait, now it comes back. Oh, yeah, Jeffrey Epstein. There's so many pictures of the Trump and Epstein so happy together, and it turns out that, yeah, he, he liked uh, what's-her-name, too, a lot, and he wishes her well. Now, I don't know. Um, he wishes a lot of uh, felons well. And that's about it. I mean, I don't. Generally, he wishes people ill, but felons, child molesters, um, yeah, he he wishes uh, well. And that was his off-script moment. <laughs> and the one time he stopped reading in his dull, affectless way, he simply uh, sent his best wishes to. Uh, an incarcerated uh, pimp. Um, so that was the only time the things picked up, uh, as far as I was concerned, and 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 I could see that uh, no, he's still with us, the Trump we we know, as opposed to this guy they trotted out there. Uh, to uh, sullenly uh, read and to try to, what are the words that the media use? Uh, try to pivot, right? Is that one of them? Yeah, that is try to pivot 
um, and adopt a new tone. <laughs> what bullshit! I mean, are we supposed to, and any, you know, and a lot of, I, I see that um, uh, um, with some of the things I read where people actually like say the president a new tone uh, pivoted as a, as if as if we're idiots like we don't know that in a desperate effort to save his uh his skin from uh a extraordinary historical loss in 3 months um he's Changing everything. All of a sudden, the guy is for masks. All of a sudden, this you know he's this sort of low key guy, and uh, even pimps he wishes well. He's he can't. There's no way to sustain this, Trump. No way. Now the Trump we we know is the Trump that is trying to create a a war in America's streets, a war between uh, protesters and in cities, Democrat-controlled cities, and um, the feds. Uh, The only thing that's missing here is the actual military, uh, which would be constitutionally... uh, absolutely unbelievable and uh, unkosher. But the more I've read about the legalities of what he is doing with ICE and Border Patrol and Department of Homeland Security guys dressing up and playing military soldiers, battling a horrible enemy, like a bunch of mothers with linked arms and face masks. Um, It is quite clear that, first of all, he's trying to start a war. Now, when a lot of other presidents have been in trouble uh, heading into uh, re-election, they have, yeah, started wars, or as the phrase goes, wagged the dog, right? That's the phrase, right? Wag the dog. And it's a way to distract from the failures of the administration and to unify a a nation that there is this threat that has to be dealt with, and you can't change the commander-in-chief in the midst of a war. It's not smart. Never done. But Trump's doing something that hasn't been done before. He's trying to start a war (laughs) against Americans. And it's uh, a bit unsettling. As uh, as I speak, apparently he's deploying um, over a hundred more of these troops of his to Chicago. 
um, a city that has seen uh, a spike in um, gun-related stuff. But this has nothing to do with protecting property. Uh, I saw something hopeful in that the defense secretary, Esper, apparently has uh, gotten in touch with the guys at Homeland Security and has said to them, hey, I've got a little problem here because your people are dressing up and looking an awful lot like my people, which is the United States military. And the United States military is not to be deployed against Americans. And so I don't know if he was simply intending to ask them for a costume change or or what. My concern is that we on the other side, we the people, uh, counter his provocative militaristic moves against us um, wisely and not play into his hands in uh, in the world I like to inhabit, I would hope that, for instance, the protesters in Portland would would stop attacking the federal building there. You know, that's the only reason they have to be there. They're protecting federal property. All right, well then stop doing that and get back to doing what this was all about in the first place which is protest. So you have that element on the left, uh, the what the president likes to call the Antifa crowd, that do like to create violent clashes and do property damage. And I don't think that's helpful right now. I don't think it's ever helpful, but it is totally playing in to the president's plans here and also uh, giving him uh, apparently a legal rationale for putting these scary-looking troops who are not trained in policing. And yet that's what they're doing. They're not trained in this kind of activity, you know? They don't know how to do this. They know how to brutalize uh, children and desperate uh, people coming over our southern border. That's what they're trained to do. Not how to handle fellow Americans angrily protesting their government, as is their right, in the streets. There is little doubt that Trump is also doing this for video, for his campaign ads. This is 
the horror that you will see in a Democrat-controlled country. This is what you're in for if Joe Biden becomes president. That, that's a big part of why this is happening, too. And I'm sure those, I haven't seen them, but I'm sure those kinds of ads are already deployed, I know. So he'll use this kind of video and then suggest that if you call the police, they won't be there, right? Uh, I was looking at some tweets from a New York Times reporter who is there. And, um, you know, these reporters, I have to tell you, are not only, you know, risking their lives now uh, in terms of being out and about amidst crowds uh, with COVID-19 afoot, but they are also risking their lives uh, because these uh, Trump's militarized Homeland Security forces uh, do, I mean, engage in violent acts against protesters and journalists. They're one and the same. They don't care. So journalists are being attacked. And a case in point is this New York Times reporter who was covering uh, the scene um, two nights ago there. At uh, 9.27, he, he tweeted, the protest crowds here continue to grow. There are probably about 2,000 people right now in front of the Justice Center with mothers in yellow lined up in front, stretching across the block. Okay, so you got the moms out and you got the feds inside and you got 2,000 people behind the moms. And then he says that about two hours later, some protesters begin kicking the facade of the federal courthouse. And somebody inside the federal courthouse opens a window and drops a tear gas canister into the crowd. Now, you could argue that people kicking a building and then the response from the building inside, the people protecting it, is tear gas, seems a little like an escalation, yeah. He then reports at 12.31 a.m., the feds finally come out. He says, they came rushing out aggressively, throwing people to the ground, firing tear gas, firing less lethals, which can kill you too. One ran at me and punched me in the head, knocked me to the ground. This is a reporter. And then he reports a half hour later, officers are firing paintball style guns at a line of protesters uh, barricaded across the street. So the fight is on, right? Um, first of all, I want to say this. Some of you may recall that when the Department of Homeland Security was formed, we never had a Department of Homeland Security for most of my life. 
And we got one as a result of 9-11. And in those horrible months after 9-11, when we tried to figure out what the proper response was, how to come to terms with this new reality, um, that was one of the things that was decided. We need a new big, big department. And we're calling it the Department of Homeland Security. And I remember when just the name of it came out, my blood ran cold. Because in my experience, I never recalled our country being referred to as our homeland. And I think in the recesses of my head, the idea, the phrase homeland sounded way too much to me like the phraseology of Nazi Germany because they called, did they not? Their country, the homeland, and decided who could stay and who couldn't, who could live and who couldn't. The homeland, it gave me the creeps And now you're seeing your Department of Homeland Security, which was put in place to fight terrorists abroad, right? To keep us safe from terrorists abroad. Not to make war on Americans. Tom Ridge, our former governor, who became the first director of Homeland Security, told Michael Smirkanish on uh, CNN, I guess, the other day, that the Department of Homeland Security was established to protect the country quote, from the ever-present threat of global terrorism. Ridge went on to say yesterday it was not established to be the president's personal militia. And Ridge went on to say it would be a cold day in hell before I would consent to a unilateral, uninvited intervention into one of our cities. That's our first head of Homeland Security. What we have now, of course, is not even a Senate-confirmed head of, of Homeland Security. We have what Trump likes, a guy who is only political and only motivated by pleasing Der Führer, the dear leader. 
and using the Department of Homeland Security however the dear leader wants it. And the dear leader wants a personal militia force, his very own. And so the head now of the acting director of uh, the Department of Homeland Security, Chad Wolf, who is as unequipped for this role as a person could be, is quoted in, I don't know, Washington Post, I think, today, as saying this. It's a far cry from anything you would have heard from the first head of the Department of Homeland Security, Tom Ridge. Chad Wolf said this, because we don't have local support, we are having to go out and proactively arrest individuals. Now, I read that, and then I stopped, and I read it again. We are having to go out and proactively arrest individuals. What in the name of God does that mean? That means exactly what they have been doing grabbing people off the streets, throwing them in unmarked cars, having no charges to be brought, no evidence against them, just proactively, before they even commit a crime, we are grabbing them. Even somebody who slept every day through civics class would know that that is so unconstitutional. We do not proactively arrest people. Or at least we didn't used to. This is the kind of detention and disappearing of troublesome elements that we have seen in tyrannical regimes throughout history, carried out by a force that is not indebted or sworn to protect anything other than the president himself. We are so close here to sliding into fascism. We are so close. It's unbelievable. What else do I have here? Hey, did anybody see anything about a naked woman? <laughs> I'm just asking because 
I can't believe this. I haven't seen a picture. Apparently, a totally naked woman, except she had a face mask on. Uh, stood up at in Portland last night. Was it last night? Some and and took on these Trump's little army. So there were these camouflaged, you know, totally uh, un un identifiable, who knows what's, uh, standing there with all their weapons. And there was this naked woman standing opposite them. And I haven't seen anything, as I've seen that she has not been identified, that the the Trump's army didn't know what to do. They shot rubber balls at her feet. She didn't move. And then according to the only account I have seen, they retreated. They didn't have a clue what to do. Now, that iconic picture of the guy standing in front of the tanks at Tiananmen Square is well known. Where's the picture of the naked woman standing down Trump's little militia? Where is that picture? Or did I dream this whole thing? I apparently have callers. Hello? Hello. I, I was going to say good morning, but is it ever a good morning? Well, yeah, maybe. I mean, if we were, huh. uh, yeah, in some ways, you know, everything is not. Uh, uh, we have our own personal lives. So, yeah, sometimes it's a good morning. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, last night at dinner, um, when my wife gets bored with me, she turns the news on her phone and she found a picture of a naked woman. Oh, really? Um, Yeah, it was quite fascinating. Well, Um, I want to see it. Where is it? I don't know. She was just showed it to me. And apparently her husband had come in, her boyfriend, and and to protect her. Uh, As far as he held up a shield just to help her a little bit. I think she showed me that. And my wife said, you know what? I would do that. And I think, can you imagine (laughs) if women, no, can you imagine if just like there was an army of women out there naked and these sons of bitches are going to yeah. do them, try to do them harm. That I actually think, well, you know, but they're the moms. You would thought, the mothers thought that if they came out, they wouldn't dare tear gas a bunch of moms. They did. Oh. Now, maybe they wouldn't tear gas a bunch of naked moms, but I bet they would. You, you know, let me ask you this, and I, I don't think anybody has the answer to this, but what if the governors of these states called in the National Guard and to protect these protect protesters, protect their First Amendment right that's being mm-hmm. violated. Well, what would happen? Would we would we have would we have um, Fort Sumter all over again? Yeah, maybe. 
or would, or would, or would finally the message get through? Because at some point, somebody who these these unidentified federal agents or whatever they're calling themselves, I mean, they're making a personal decision too. I mean, they they could take the high road, risk their lose their career, and say, I ain't doing this. This isn't what I up for. And and also the mayors of these towns, you call on the police departments and you say, I want you to protect our citizens' right, you know, the First Amendment rights from these you know, I mean, make it. I, I don't know. I mean, what else do you do? Um, I have just been. I don't know. I have just been sent a picture. It's a picture taken from behind her. Mm-hmm. She is sitting on the street. Oh, she's she's spread. She's spread out. And she has her legs. Yes, totally uh, spread. And all of the. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That is a great I mean, picture. That is a great picture. And they didn't know what to do. I would be wondering if to, to just play on this further, you know, they start finding white horses for these women to ride in on and, and, and make it <laughs> on top of white horses. I mean, seriously, they, they got to like make it so farcical that, you know, I mean, apparently she had an impact on these guys. I mean, they backed off, didn't they? I mean, from what I, what I was told, uh, you know, I didn't see the whole thing. No, I mean, what I, I saw saying they, the, the report I saw said that they, uh, they absolutely didn't know what to do, and they they retreated. They turned and left. So she stood him down. I mean, I, I don't know, but that is a ridiculous. that's a great picture. Why wasn't that on the front of my paper today? You can have the back of a naked woman on your. Absolutely, Jeez. I'm telling you. I I think when we coordinate um, protests, and know we're going to be up against something. I, I think I don't care how young, well, not too young, or how old. I, I mean, you what 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 are these dickheads going to do when a well, right. woman is sitting in front of them? Well, I, you know? yes, I hear you. You know what I was thinking? Instead of uh, moms in the forefront, I think we need to up it and put grandmoms, grandmothers. Well, we, we, old we have, women. We have the raging grannies here. Yeah, well, point. old women like me standing. Mm-hmm. And facing off against these despicable people, um, yeah, I think that's the kind of thing you want to do. This is on a lot of levels on Trump's end theater. It's it's theater with a you know political theater uh, that he wants to use for his benefit, and maybe that's the way to play it. I don't like playing into their hands, but so I would like something more like yeah like that grandmothers naked women yeah. i love it hey roger i got another caller so i'm gonna go thank okay. you all right thank you you're welcome Bye-bye. bye is my other caller there or did they give up hello hi lynn this is beth beth hi Hey, I, just to echo Rod, I had the same question, and it, it probably a question more for Susan and your brother, having their legal background. 
But that was my question. Why aren't these governors calling in the National Guard since these people have no federal markings of any kind, no name, nothing that states I'm law enforcement, and arrest them? Well, and you know, know what? what? My Instead guess is... Every well, my guess is, is that though. every time I... I've been reading, you know, what lawyers say, and they're saying at this point he has the right to use them like this if they are supposedly defending federal property. So um, the moment they come off of that federal property, I would because think, again, yeah. they do not have yeah. the markings of any law. And you know what? Then you then start sharing it as a data bank. Let them, let's see their IDs. Let's know who these pricks are. Mm-hmm. And let, you know, if they're going to send it into Chicago, okay, guess what? Us in Oregon, we're going to send Chicago. Here's the goons we have. Now you share the goons you have. And then you, my other comment is, too, all these Republican senators, including Toomey and Cotton and all the usual suspects, who for avoiding COVID and Black Lives Matter kept talking about uh, the sovereignty of Hong Kong, which don't get me wrong, it's an important issue. But right now, you have the sovereignty yeah, the of United individual States. states and the United yeah. oh, States. Uh, yes, and not right. one of these pricks has opened their mouth. Yeah, right. Oh, the states' rights that. people. They haven't. Yeah. Strange. That's exactly huh? it. And personal responsibility and all their other Yeah, things. yeah, yeah. And I'm going to say it again. The DNC better find some ads to do. If there wasn't a bigger time going into an election year to take the right-to-life quote-unquote monocle that all these assholes have used for years away from them, showing they don't care about life when it comes to COVID. They don't care about life if you're an African-American or a brown person. I mean, there's the optics of finally taking away one of their uh, buzz phrases away from them. But um, we, too, we love the the girl. What? And I guess she was doing yoga. Yes, it says here, somebody is, all of you, so many people have sent me stuff. uh, it says here on July 18th and 19th, Facebook users posted that photograph along with the following description. Police officers in Portland, Oregon were caught off guard after being approached by a nude female demonstrator who lay down in the street and began performing yoga. The cops were then filmed withdrawing. A woman wearing nothing except a mask and a beanie approached a group of officers clearing out the downtown area. A line of police and federal agents were standing at an intersection when the naked woman seemingly appeared out of nowhere. Um, She's being called Naked Athena. Hey, her downward dog chased them away. (laughs) God. Yeah, this is, you know what, again, for all these enablers keeping their mouths shut, especially during this time, um, I I don't even know, (laughs) I don't even know this world anymore, I'll just say that, I really don't. No, well, you're not alone, you're not alone. But yeah, I'm curious from a legal standpoint, if they come off a federal ground, could a governor or a mayor or a county commissioner could someone take their law enforcement and arrest these guys? So, yeah. Okay. Thanks, Have yeah. A good thank one. you, Beth. Hang in there. Bye. Okay. Uh, Jonathan has sent yeah. me Snopes uh, dot com on uh, whether or not this is something that really happened, and they the claim is a naked woman protest on the streets of Portland in July, and they have said that is true. 
That is true. So that is not doctored. Um, it happened. Uh, the images, uh, it says here, also form the basis of news reports by the Oregonian, the Daily Mail, and the Russian state-controlled RT network. Oh, God. In fact, the text highlighted above was taken from the Russian article in question. Oh, my God. The photographs are authentic and documented a brief period during protests in the early hours of July 18th. Um, there are several photographs of the unidentified woman as well as video. Uh, so there you have it. It's interesting in this day and age that she remains anonymous. I mean, can you imagine? You take all your clothes off in a place where there's a million cameras and you're anonymous? <laughs> That's even more extraordinary than the, than the act that she did. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, Barbara has sent me this. She said, Tom Hartman discussed Homeland commenting that the United States is a homeland only to indigenous peoples. Otherwise, you know, for the rest of us, it is not our homeland. Um, also, Josh Marshall at Talking Points uh, Memo said this in 2014. So, yeah, he has the same reaction I did. The term homeland, quote, really does have a deep blood and soil tinge to it, which is distinctly Germanic, more than a touch un-American and a little creepy. Yeah, that is absolutely right. Absolutely right. Homeland. It freaked me out. In 1934, at the Nazi Party's big coming out event, the famous Nuremberg Rally, uh, Nazis introduced the term homeland. Prishistic term. God. I got a few more things for you if you can, if you can handle it. Huh? Um... So while all of this is going on and we're in the streets protesting police brutality and racism and all this other stuff, guess what your U.S. Senate did? It actually did something. The United States Senate yesterday did something. This just in. That's like breaking news. They did something. Well, kind of. What they did was they voted against a bipartisan piece of legislation that would have barred the Pentagon from transferring military-grade weaponry to local police departments. 
So while Americans are in the streets and taking on these heavily militarized local cops, not to mention Trump's own private militia, the Republican U.S. Senate refused to stop this program that has made local police departments. There are little stupid cop shops in the middle of nowhere that have grenade launchers. You know, the Pentagon wants for nothing, so our tax dollars are forever. We just throw our tax dollars at them, and they build more and more weapons of mass destruction and all kinds of horror, and then, lo and behold, they find out they got so much of them, even they don't want to deal with them anymore. So then we transfer them to local police who just feel like, wow, look at that thing. We got to use that. And so since this, these transfers started, we have watched all over the country as local police departments have started to look more and more like soldiers in war. not peacekeepers on American streets. There was a school district police department in Texas who actually got 60 bayonet knives last year through the program. That's like... You know, the Pittsburgh School uh, Police Department getting 60 bayonet knives. What? Are you friggin' kidding me? All right. And just a little bit more in terms of the unbelievable corruption. The American ambassador to Britain, Robert Wood Johnson IV, told multiple colleagues in February of 2018 that President Trump had asked him to see if the British government could help steer the lucrative British Open golf tournament to the Trump Resort in Scotland. That's right there, an impeachable offense. The ambassador also said that his deputy at the time advised him, don't do it, don't do that, because that is a totally unconstitutional and unethical use of the presidency for private gain. But Robert Wood Johnson apparently wanted to please the president, and so he tried. He tried with the Secretary of State for Scotland, and that guy has 
refused to talk about this. He said it was inappropriate for him to discuss his dealings with the American ambassador. So this, this cabal of con artists and grifters don't miss a beat or an opportunity. That is just unbelievable. Also this, the number of people infected with the coronavirus in the United States is anywhere from 2 to 13 times higher than the reported rates that we're seeing. So when I wait every day at the end of the show to tell you what the Allegheny County numbers are, this thing is saying at lowballing it, multiply that number of cases by two and maybe by 10. Who knows? And then there's this again, about 40% of infected people do not develop symptoms but they still pass the virus on. It's so bizarre that something so lethal can be contracted by so many people who then show no symptoms. Don't you want to be one of those? I have another caller. Hello. Hi. Hi. I think um, right now it's the time to start to enforce the mask thing and stop this bullshit of people being in their stores without masks. They're going to have to get some security and enforce it. It's yeah. getting to be out of hand. If they don't, it's going to even get worse. You have to cover yourself up. You have to do it. It's just necessary. I mean, I see so many without them. And, and, and then they walk so close to you and it's you yeah. can't. You're getting groceries, and it's yeah. it's ridiculous. And they got to wise up. And these people say they can't make you wear a mask. Well, they let make you have car insurance. They make you not drive with when That's you're intoxicated. Right. They surely can make you wear a mask yeah. if the governor wants to enforce it. So don't even go down that road because you'll lose. If it's right. something to do with your health, there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing. That's that. Well, you're you're absolutely right. Of course. Yeah, I mean, and that should be it. It ain't going to work if it's not on a federal level. But Trump, again, said yesterday he wouldn't do it. He will not make a federal uh, you know, rule that everybody has to be masked. And so we'll continue to see people die. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Okay. Thank you. No, it is. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Um, a few other things. This I hadn't seen before. Um, just trying to keep you up to enough here. Uh, The military has emerged as a potential source of transmission of the virus, not only here in the United States, but also abroad. More than 20,000 service members, as far as is known, but if you want to do that 10, you know, multiply by 10 or 13, 
could be 200,000, who knows? More than 20,000 service members have contracted the virus, and the infection rate in the armed forces has tripled over the past six weeks. The unsettling part of this is that a lot of communities that are around bases named for Confederate traders, by the way, um, places that might even be sparsely populated. For instance, I'll give you Chattahoochee County. That's in Georgia. Uh, it is a very sparsely populated area with skyrocketing infection rates. And they've traced their problem in Chattahoochee back to Fort Benning, which is there. Also, officials in California, North Carolina, have also seen connections between the military installations and local communities that are there, where the military installations are. Cases are rising the most, not surprisingly, on military bases in Arizona, California, Florida, Georgia, and Texas. And this is cause for concern, obviously. But can you imagine, let's say we want to deploy some of our service members to some hot spot in the world, right? Where For our national security, which we do a lot, right? And we get her send in the Marines. And here is a guy who is um, with the uh, Center for American Security. And he says this. With our inability to control the virus nationally, I think we're going to see countries that are not going to welcome deployments of American troops. They don't, they'll say, nope, I know we got a problem here, but do not come. So, there you have it. Also, and this is, this is a big story, and I shouldn't have saved it for last. But the $600 a week in extra unemployment benefits that a lot of Americans have been getting because of the uh, federal pandemic uh, unemployment compensation act, or I think that is what it is, that is about to expire. A lot of Americans who are out of work have been getting um, unemployment comp, but they're also getting this $600 a week extra from the feds. And that has been allowing them to pay rent, to buy, to feed their families. Um, it also has kept the economy humming because they're paying their rent and humming. I'm talking like Trump. Uh, and, you know, and they're, they're buying stuff. But that program is ending. And 
it is not, it has not yet been extended. So the result is more than 20 million Americans could soon see their weekly income fall by half or more at a time when the unemployment rate is still higher than any other period since World War II. Um, If the Senate does not act, because it's the Senate as usual, and these unemployment benefit checks expire at the end of this month, there's a good chance that what is now an unemployment problem will quickly become a foreclosure crisis and an eviction crisis. So if the Congress does not extend this, like right away, you are going to see people thrown out on the streets and you will see the economy go down again. And you know what? The Republicans met yesterday trying to come up with something. They can't. They just can't do it. They are a party that is in total disarray and totally paralyzed. Oh, my. So that's not good. Um, hang on. I want to get uh, Allison. Okay, Allison says, I think they had Trump drugged. So she was looking at his uh, coronavirus uh, little show yesterday. Because I thought he was too. It started with a mask wearing and they ramped it up for his virus press conference. I picture him being wheeled in, strapped on a dolly, then released after the proper dose and pushed onto the stage. He was really monotone, hostage-like, yeah. I am with you, just hoping our country makes it until January. I read a few days ago that he said he wasn't sure if he would accept the election results if he lost. That is true. He said that in that interview with um, Wallace Fox, Chris Wallace. Yeah. He said, he was flat out asked, will you accept the results if you lose? And he said, I'm not saying yes and I'm not saying no. And then Allison says, Allison's the one who has the chickens. She said, uh, not to sound like the farm report, but since moving to Ohio from Washington County, I am able to plant a vegetable garden without the deer waiting in line. Like they're at the Eaton Park salad bar. Wait a minute. I just, I'm sorry, guys. When you hear these horrible pauses, it's me desperately trying to um, work uh, this thing called a computer. Um, uh, I just want to drop this in from Father Joseph. And um, man, is this true? 
It's just an observation. But you tell me if this is not absolutely the same observation that you have observed but didn't really necessarily mark. But Father Joseph did. He said, when my wife and I left Pittsburgh 35 years ago, we noticed we would almost never see any person of color working on the crews, repairing our streets, fixing our utility systems, or on construction sites. And now, upon our return to Pittsburgh, we notice nothing has changed. He says, how can anyone doubt racism is systemic? That is so true. You know where they used to have those men working signs? Yeah, they'd put up. There is, by the way, a construction site in my neighborhood that has a men working sign up. And I think, huh? Why not just people working? Well, look, and it is. It's men. But those signs should have said and still should say white men working. Because that's your systemic racism. All right. I will quickly try to see if I have the, um, for some reason, I'm not getting it on my, uh, okay. Do I have, no, they haven't put it out yet. Yeah, they have. Okay, here it is. Today's report. Well, I have to tell you that since that's those the spike stuff started here in Allegheny County, um, uh, it has been going down. So there was one day that was over 300 new cases and a lot of days, remember it was all triple digits for at least a week, maybe more, two weeks. And boy, am I glad. It's been coming down. The trajectory is definitely down and this continues that. Um, today's report is 96 new cases, ranging in age from 1 to 92 years. And the median age is going up because all those young people who had, you know, created this new surge, um, I, I, I don't know, they've passed it on and now older people are getting it. Thank you very much, young people. So the median age is now getting into the high 30s and into the 40s. But here's the troubling one, and I told you that my doctor said, don't look at the new cases, look at the hospitalizations, because what we're seeing now, that's the biggest new hospitalization number I have seen in some time, 16. So lower on the new cases, but you see the hospitalizations go up, 16. I haven't seen a number that big on new hospitalizations in a long time. And that's because all those hundreds of new cases, there's a lag time, right, until you see that people are getting so ill, they must be hospitalized. So, and then what happens is once they're hospitalized, some of them die. And in fact, 
while I was lauding the fact that the new case number is finally back to under 100, under three digits, you have this high hospitalization number, 16, and eight, that's the highest I've ever seen, eight deaths in the last 24 hours. Well, again, I want to thank all you people, especially you young ones who went out there and parted time because now you're seeing what you have caused. You've caused people to get horribly ill and you've caused people to die. So that's not a good report. I am sorry, guys, but even though the new cases are down, these hospitalization and death numbers are going to be probably spiking for the, a little while now. Unbelievable. Eight deaths in the last 24 hours. I have not ever seen a number like that in these reports. Sorry to end on that note. All righty. Talk at you tomorrow, okay? Have a good day. Pray for a little more rain. Thank you. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.